Welcome to Tech Transforms, sponsored by Dynatrace. I'm Carolyn Ford. Each week, Mark Snell and I talk with top influencers to explore how the U.S. government is harnessing the power of technology to solve complex challenges and improve our lives. Hi, welcome to Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford, and I'm here with Mark Snell. Hey, Mark. Hey, Carolyn. And today we get to do one of my favorite episodes of the year. We get to do our 2024 predictions um, for public sector. And so we we brought the big guns in for this one. Um, we're going to start with our guest, Roger Cressy. He's a partner at Mountain Way Ventures, um, which is a cybersecurity risk management firm that advises public sector clients on policy and the federal market. And he's a former cybersecurity and counterterrorism advisor at the White House. Welcome to Tech Transforms, Roger. Thanks, Carolyn. Pleasure to be here. We're happy to have you. And we have a repeat. Um, recently, we we had Ross Noderft on to talk about policy. Po Ross is a policy expert, and his credentials are long. He's currently the executive director of the Alliance for Digital Innovation, or ADI, and it's a coalition of technology companies focused on bringing commercial cloud-based solutions to the public sector. Um, they focus on promoting policies that enable IT modernization, cybersecurity, smarter acquisition, all the good stuff, like all the things that we need to make public sector and industry partnering better. Um, prior to joining ADI, Ross spent several years in government, both in the executive and legislative branches, including the um, OMB and the cyber team in the White House. And as I said, he's an authority on government policies and is going to give us his predictions today. Welcome back to Tech Transforms, Ross. Glad to be here. Thank you, Carolyn. And then our other return guest and frequent co-host is Willie Hicks. He's Chief Technologist for Public Sector at Dynatrace. Hey, Willie. Hey, Carolyn. Good to be here with you and everyone, all the smiling faces. Love it. We're going to go to Ross first, and I'm going to ask Ross about his 2024 public sector prediction. Sure. So I think it's all about FedRAMP in 2024. So we are right now waiting uh, we're about to submit our final comments to an OMB memo that's pending that revamps the entire program. So that, those comments will go in at the end of 2023, and then out will pop a brand new reauthorized FedRAMP memo um, at the beginning of 2024. And this is going to lead to a whole bunch of changes in the program. It's going to completely re-architect how things are done. It's going to allow for uh, agencies to join together to authorize certain products and programs. But what is it going to do in the marketplace? I think it's going to have a lot of agencies take a hard look at their risk and decide where they want to uh, elevate certain high-valued assets, high-valued systems, high-valued programs, high-valued, and the authorizations themselves are going to raise in, in their level. So I could see a, a move from a more moderate baseline to a higher baseline of controls uh, based on the changes that we're going to see in this FedRAMP memo. It's going to shake up the whole program. I think we're going to see uh, a lot of agencies look at what was a, 
a way of doing business that was uh, easy to offshore some of their risk. And they're going to be forced to really kind of deal with some of the risk associated with adoption of this stuff. And that's going to shift them to a, to a focus on a FedRAMP high environment. And we're going to, we're going to see more agencies asking for it. Do you think that this is going to streamline the processes for those vendors going through the process? Or do you think it's going to actually um, have the opposite effect where it, where it lengthens it? Well, look, I think the intent of the memo is to streamline it, right? They talk about using commercial systems more. Uh, so you're building once and using both in your commercial and your public sector environment. They're talking about uh, opening up the authorization pipeline. So there are several different ways to get authorizations. But the, the intentionality is to create a process that allows for what has been an influx of cloud-based software applications that agencies are clamoring to use more and more, whether it's for security or for pro uh, productivity or somewhere in between, um, they are folks are looking at the cloud and cloud-based applications and trying to get them through that authorization pipeline so they could take advantage of some of that modern commercial technology. So the intention is to make it better, faster, easier. Uh, however, because of how they're re-architecting the program, people are going to be looking around at their environments and saying, all right, well, I have to determine uh, which systems and applications I'm going to need and what they're going to touch. And they're touching more and more things. So there's going to be uh, requests for, for, for higher thresholds of, of security capabilities baked in. It's going to raise the threshold. People are going to look at that FedRAMP high baseline and say, I want that for, for this system. Or I want that for this data set. Uh, so I think we're going to see a move from uh, FedRAMP moderate to FedRAMP high in a lot of circumstances. Well, you know, I I was just going to say, I'd love to get your take, Willie, on what you're thinking about this, how it's affect, going to affect industry in 2024. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I, I was going to jump in because, and, and Ross, I, I, we've talked quite a bit and, and work, uh, love working closely with ADI. You guys do some some really great work. And, uh, you know, I, I may have mentioned this before, maybe not. I, I, I see your prediction. I agree with it. Um, and I'll raise uh, almost like this is a, a card game, but I, I'll raise one concern that I have, uh, you know, from an industry standpoint, at least uh, I'm super excited to see, um, uh, as you said, you know, the the with the reauthorization and with kind of this relook at um, kind of that, that initial memo and, and kind of a, a, a revamping of that. Um, something that's been needed. I mean, this has been, um, industry has been asking for this and um, I see a lot of goodness that'll come out of it. And, you know, from a Dynatrace perspective, we've, you know, we've actually kind of already started that, that Fed Ramp High process, what you're talking about, we're seeing it from our customers. Um, and we're, you know, we're working towards um, bringing our, our baseline now um, up to Fed Ramp High. And, you know, one thing that can, you know, and, and I look at your expertise on this and get your, kind of your feedback is, you know, as they are revamping the program, you know, we're putting effort already into a lot of work into um, kind of this move uh, to Fed Ramp High. Do you think that that's going to change things that are in flight? You know, if we're in, you know, midstream um, and they re and they start making changes to the program, what happens to, you know, um, uh, pro uh, uh, companies and industry that's already in process, if that makes sense? Sure. And look, I think that's a, a great question. I don't know that they have a plan uh, to solve for that yet, but I do know that that is something that the government, especially the folks in the program management office and the folks who are at OMB who are doing the reauthorization are are keenly aware of, right, is, is disrupting current pipelines 
Um, they don't want to slow it down. The purpose of, of redrafting this memo is, is to make it, make that, that soda straw where applications and infrastructure was going through into a bigger pipeline, right? Or multiple uh, pipelines so that you can get more of a marketplace and more availability. So agencies have that choice. So they, that's, that's why they're drafting the memo and they want to make sure that it doesn't slow down. Now, you're asking Ross's prediction. I think we're going to have some bumpy roads ahead. I think that the natural tendency for agencies and the natural tendency for the people that are participating and aren't uh, owners of the program but are doing this as kind of a plus one job are to seize up when something changes until they fully understand it and they understand how it impacts them, how it Im- impacts what they own and oversee, and how it impacts their day-to-day life. So we're going to have some stuff to work through. But the intention of the writers is to make it move faster. The focus of the, the people who are building out these new pipelines is to make it more accessible and more available. Um, but we're going to have, we're going to have, we're going to have a, a, a learning curve that we have to get over with this new memo. So I could see there being a, a slowdown before things get faster, but in the end, is it going to be good for the program? Knock on wood. I hope so. That, no, no, that sounds good. And Carolyn, you can, you, you can stop me if I'm going too long here, but that, that just prompted another question in my mind. Um, and you know, something else I read, maybe I was over reading into, uh, kind of the memo, but, uh, when I started thinking about, uh, reuse uh, of, of, um, authorizations and kind of, um, I guess, uh, being more reciprocal. Um, you know, I, I also, as, as my responsibilities for public sector, that's all the public sector. So that's DOD and IC as well. And one concern that I, I want to, you know, see maybe if I've got just a minute here uh, to, to get your thoughts on is, you know, our work in the DOD and IC is is really often offline. You know, we we can deploy our platform and, you know, on-premise and offline, and we got all these different um, avenues, but I really want to start seeing more movement into the cloud. I want to see, you know, um, being able to support like an IO4 or higher level with my customers. But, you know, we're investing all this time like in FedRAMP High. Is it going to be an easier ramp? Because, you know, they talk about FedRAMP High and IO4 are supposed to be reciprocal. My experience has been they're not really as reciprocal as you like. You think the memo is going to help with any of that? So uh, right now it's not. But to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I think it's going to cause a little more. Uh, I think so. Two things are going to happen again in the realm of predictions. First of all, they don't have an answer to that. The yeah. DOD doesn't necessarily hear what OMB is trying to do and say this is where we're going to go to help you achieve your goals. OMB, they're seeing OMB doing it, and they're going to decide whether or not it's good for the Department of Defense mm-hmm. uh, as it's happening or after it happens, and that's going to create create some more friction, right? I, I, I would love to see a cleaner uh, mapping and pathway. And we've got some folks who sit at that political level that over that are talking to the folks over at DAD who want to see that too. I just hope they have the wherewithal and the focus to push the right people in the right parts of both the Department of Defense and the federal civilian side to think about how reciprocity impacts their availability to marketplace tech technology or commercial technology and solutions out there. Because I think that it would be uh, beneficial to both the Department of Defense and the federal civilian community to get there. But initially in the memo, it's not going to happen. So we're going to have to, I think 2024, a prediction uh, from a FedRAMP side is that we, industry, are going to have to really agitate and, uh, for, and ask for that reciprocity 
to be thought through and to be pushed for. But I think it's something that, that right now, time is, time is right for it. This is the time to do it. They're changing the memo. They're taking a hard look at it. People are going to be paying attention to it. So I think we need to shout from the rooftops that this reciprocity is important uh, and it's going to change the game for the government if they can get themselves in a good place to, to allow for it. All right. We got one minute left on FedRAMP high being the prediction for 2024. Um, Roger, do you have any final words on this? Well, you're going to see more interest in FedRAMP high, not just by the administration, but I think by Congress, by members, uh, as well as staff, as people appreciate that moving towards FedRAMP high will improve the security uh, equation in all of this as well as cloud migration continues. So the security component and how that relates, I think, becomes even more important in 2024. Anybody else want to say anything else about FedRAMP High? All right, then I'm going to come back to you, Roger, for mm -hmm. your 2024 prediction in public sector. So let's talk about AI. So first off, AI will still be the center square in everyone's technology bingo card. So put a big chip on it. Let me state the obvious up front. Second part is I think you're still going to see the administration stay ahead of Congress in terms of how AI is being examined, how AI is being addressed. What I mean by that is I'm skeptical you're going to see legislative action by Congress for a couple of reasons. One is there's just tremendous disagreement right now uh, between the House and the Senate and on a whole host of policy issues. And I'm skeptical they're going to find common ground when it comes to AI in general, specifically the issue of regulation versus innovation, I think is going to prevent Congress from moving quickly as well. So whatever comes out of Congress, if it does, if something does, it'll be at a very high level. Uh, that will highlight the need for pushing innovation, but certainly will try and encourage the administration and industry to put in some of the guardrails that we've heard about in this space for the past year in a way that's responsible. What that language will look like will be very difficult to, to envision. It's bound to be very general. Uh, so I think that's um, the first part on regulation. Second part is the developers of AI are going to continue to set the agenda and the deployers, in other words, all the sector agencies, as well as industry sectors, the developer, the deployers are still going to be playing catch up. The concern I think many people have is we do not want the developers dictating the agenda on AI in a way that impacts the ability of the policy community uh, to do what they think is responsible action. So I do believe the developers will continue to set the agenda. Third piece is the national security side of AI is going to get more scrutiny, as well it should. Most innovation in the government comes out of the national security side. The issue of AI being used in the military and DOD is going to take on more uh, priority. And it's really going to come down to how do we ensure a human main is staying in the lethality decision loop when it comes to the use of AI. You know, a side prediction here is woe be the government agency that deploys AI and ends up with a result that is not what they intended. The scrutiny on that will be very high. So I think a number of agencies will be very 
careful and cautious in how they use it. But in the DOD side, the human in the loop on lethality and decision-making becomes a, a top priority. The last part I'll say is on the cybersecurity side. The AI advantage from a defense perspective on cyber operations, defensive cyber operations, is incredibly, incredibly promising. And industry has done a lot of very good work already in this area. So I do think you'll see greater attention and interest in how we can harness AI tools right now and deploy them in defense or cyber ops for securing both the federal infrastructure, but also helping industry do more on critical infrastructure protection. Willie, your response? Uh, so, no, I, uh, well, first of all, Roger, always insightful um, when I talk to you. And I, I, I do have just, a, you know, a, a, you know, a couple of I made comments, questions on the cyber piece. You mentioned the defensive side of this. Um, you know, I was just reading an article the other day and, um, you know, very concerning when I started looking at also the offensive, you know, capabilities around um, uh, uh, AI and, you know, not just nation states, but you're, you're seeing everybody, you know, being able to utilize AI from all sorts of, you know, just kind of low level ransomware attacks, things like that to, you know, um, you know, he helping, you know, attack, you know, the power grids and things like that. Um, you know, I, I would just say, you know, the defensive side, I agree, but I, I think we're going to see offensively too, um, more and more people dipping their toes into, um, uh, this arena to to use AI for malicious intent. That's just one thought. So absolutely. And we've already seen it at the low level in terms of more creative phishing attempts, uh, you know, AI-enabled malware uh, that is just a tad more sophisticated. Certainly, we're going to see that as companies and governments do more to whether it's implementing zero trust or implementing other defensive strategies. The adversaries, the whole spectrum, up nation state down to the, the criminal gangs, are going to be looking at AI tools to see how they can better advance their own objectives and agenda. So that fight between offense and defense absolutely will, will continue. Uh, and AI just kind of ups the ante, if you will, in terms of capabilities that can be brought to bear. You know, the, the challenge always is, we've said for years, the advantage lies with the offense the question is, can we use AI in a way to give defense more of an advantage, at least reduce the impact of potential cyber events? And I would say also to help, you mentioned ransomware, using AI to help small, medium businesses, localities at the state level who don't have the resources to deploy a whole host of, of tools and, uh, and people, use that as a force multiplier for them. And so that's going to be very important to tease that out a little bit, if you will. No, that, that makes total sense. And, and kind of my second, you know, comment, um, was really, you, you mentioned, I think before that you were talking about, um, uh, as you were, you were pointing out that AI, especially in the, in the DOD realm is there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on, especially when it call when we're using AI in any sense. And you, you see this in a lot of the memorandums and, and executive orders that are coming out. We've got, we've got to be super sensitive of um, using AI when it comes to lethality, when it comes to, you know, um, any type of weapon systems and so forth. But I'm, I'm curious, uh, it, because also, like I said, a big interest for me is, is on the defense side. And, uh, you know, how 
do we do we see uh, because I, I I just the customers I work with um, there is even a, a hesitance of using AI for more task oriented um, capabilities and just to be clear I don't want to put all of that on the DoD but I see it on the civilian side too just a, a hesitance of of feeling comfortable turning any of these systems over to AI do you see any of that um, you know getting better you know in twenty twenty four. Well, I think the focus on that concern is going to be higher uh, because you don't really want to be a early adopter or first adopter on this technology when it comes to the federal government. Uh, you want to ensure that if it's going to be deployed and used, it's done in a way that with the highest possible levels of confidence, you're going to get the outcome that you want. And within the media, you taught you hear about, you know, large language models that are still developing hallucinations that are coming up with wrong answers. So I think a secondary prediction is the focus on data integrity and data provenance as it relates to artificial intelligence is going to become a higher level uh, priority in 2024. Where your data comes from, ensuring that it is what we believe it is, is absolutely critical if you're going to use an algorithmic engine in artificial intelligence that is going to give you a desired output and uh, outcome that you want. So it begins with the data. And I think uh, data integrity becomes a bigger priority as people understand that going into the new year. I'm going to ask you, Willie. So what I just heard you say, you talked a lot about um, security around AI. So Roger gave his predictions. What would your predictions be for AI? Yeah, no. So, so again, like I, I said earlier, um, always great insight from Roger. And I would say that you know, um, my you know, just from a prediction standpoint, and, and really dovetailing off of what was just said, is that um, we are you know legislatively, um, I, and, and, and not to counter what you said, um, uh, Roger, but I think you know, within 2024, and I think moving forward there, you know, th there is going to be a greater need for regulation. There's going to be, there, there are going to be incidents that happen. These, these, uh, you know, they're going to be, um, I, I just, again, putting on my crystal ball and, you know, putting the envelope against my head, like old Johnny Carson used to do and seeing what was in the envelope. I, I think that there is going to be, you know, enough, um, uh, um, push, that we're going to have to see more regulation. Now, will it come easily with Congress? Because like you said, there is a lot of dysfunction right now. There's a lot of between, you know, the House and the Senate. But I think that we are going to see um, an increased need, at least for regulation. And some of that probably will shake out, uh, maybe not in 2024 um, at the beginning. But I think, you know, going in 2024, 2025 um, and moving forward, we, we're going to have to see more regulation around this. So I will uh, I will support uh, the amazing Karnak on that on that uh, prediction in the, in the following way. Without a doubt, there's going to be a need. Mm -hmm. I do think that there is a fear of acting too soon without truly understanding the consequences and the ramifications of what action might lead to. Where things might move quicker is if there is the quote unquote unforeseen event. Mm. And that event can take a variety of different uh, of different forms right now. I do think actually the China component of this is very important. Um, where China is moving rapidly and creatively on AI development, adoption, and, and deployment will be a will be a jet fuel 
for motivating the administration and Congress to do more regarding how can innovation on the U.S. side regarding AI move quicker. And if that means providing certain uh, guardrails to assist, absolutely. But that also comes into this in a real uh, a real interesting way, let's just say. Well, and I heard you both say that we need guardrails around like the cybersecurity component of AI. And I'm, I'm Ross tiebreaker here before these two get in a full on brawl. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's go. So look, I, I, I appreciate it. And I think we have to be, I think we have to be specific when we, when we think regulation, AI, generative AI, the whole, the whole thing. I think that what we're going to see in 2024 is going to break down in a couple ways. I think we're not going to see, we're not going to see full on, regulation from uh, the regulatory community. It takes too long. There's not enough consensus around what the outcome-based risks are. There's, we're just not, we're not going to get there in a 12-month period in a way that's meaningful. Less, less an incident, which we, we may or may not see. But what we will see are two different, two different forcing functions. One, we're going to see money. Money is going to continue to flow in, in the commercial side, into AI, building, whether it's generative AI, I mean, look, you've got a race to constantly release new updates. There was the, the recent re- there was a recent release last week from, from Google. Um, that's going to keep happening over 2024, and it's going to continue to accelerate. Uh, we're going to see it baked into more products. Uh, there's going to be money poured into products, both from a, from a, from a security side and from a, from a product and, and interactive side. And then what we're going to do is we're going to see Regulations that are are easier to move get done in 2024, and what that means: small p policy regulations. And unfortunately, that's going to impact the public sector side of the house uh, a lot more than it's going to impact the broader national community. Because you have folks like OMB who are going to release a memo. The White House is pushing for it. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen sometime in early 2024. We're going to see a, a memo on. AI regulation, and that's going to slow down adoption in the public sector space for some capabilities that aren't probably that are probably a little more innocuous, but they're going to have to be checked for a whole bunch of different stuff until those processes are worked out. So I think that, you know, I say I hate to say this, but both Roger is right and Willie is right. We're going to see we're not going to see a ton of daunting regulations, right? The developers are still going to drive the space. There's money being poured in. There's races being had. Unless there's some event that really kind of completely shifts the focus and says, "Look, we've 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 missed the boat on this," uh, and then we're going to have reactive regulation. But that's a that's a I would put that those chances at low for 2024. What we will see is we will see smaller regulation that are going to have to be worked out and ironed out over 2024, and that's going to slow down. Uh, faster adoption in the public sector space than we'd like to see. But the commercial space is still going to race forward. So anytime Ross says we're right, that is the best prediction of 2024. So I am uh, I am all in on that. And I'm going to take that little sound bite and play it for my kids as well, because that's the only time. <laughs> I mean, you guys, Roger and, and Ross, you know the, you know, the legislative you know, environment much better than we do, but it sure seems like with everything else that's going on, it's probably going to be less of that and more news made around, you know, AI and things that are happening in AI than it is, you know, any any regulation or any type of 
you know, government step in. I think that the the news might be more about things that are happening in that space. Um, and, and it seems like we don't hear about things that happen on the DOD and the IC side. That stuff's probably been going on for a decade and you just don't know about it. So I don't know what kind of oversight really has been there or, you know, we'll probably never know. Um, but it feels like maybe we'll, we'll hear about things happening in the civilian side of the of the pendulum more and maybe around like stuff like critical infrastructure that impacts you know where where we could be making you know advances or things like that you know as it relates to you know the energy grid or uh, utilities and things like that all right I would, I would only say mark that you know where the administration's done a good job with the with the eo is it you know it it, it covered the waterfront and it laid out the big categories that we got to we got to talk about whether it's ai governance whether it's innovation in ai it's ai risks um and really understanding how do we balance all three of those in a way while we're still moving forward um they highlighted it and they laid it out there and that was good cuz that kind of set the table for the conversation and the and the debate and so that's the good news and where we're at right now the process is going to be slow there's there's no doubt about that um based on prior experience but let's just see how it plays out yeah. all right we're gonna we're gonna move to the next prediction and willie i'm gonna i'm gonna let you give us our next public sector 2024 prediction i will start off with you know one of my first predictions here is around zero trust now that that is not the prediction that obviously zero trust and and the zero trust frameworks and architecture and strategies that are being built um this is this is ongoing and predates 2024 however um one thing that i predict just based on my you know conversations with customers and you know what i've seen um, um, at the agencies, every, every agency I work with is that, you know, zero trust is in a continued important topic. It is an increasingly important topic. You know, every agency out there is working on their strategies. They're working on, you know, how they're going to build up their architecture. And one common theme that I'm seeing across is that, you know, uh, these architectures are extremely complex, especially when you start add, adding in the cloud and you start adding in, you know, containerized environments, all of these, um, kind of ephemeral type of, of of environments that you know become extremely from a security standpoint extremely hard to maintain and monitor i think that what we're going to see is observability is going to become a a key uh component for zero trust and you know that that might sound a little self-serving but you know in 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 you know complete you know transparency i hear this from from agencies where um you know, and this is not even leading them to water. They're they're coming to me saying, okay, um, you we you know we we're moving to the cloud. You know, we're trying to build out uh, uh, a zero trust framework that includes like the cloud and how we you know are having to operate in those environments. And we've lost visibility. We've lost the 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 insight into even what's going on there um, because you know sometimes the a system might be up for just a, a a few minutes and then it's down. So I think observability is going to become kind of almost like a connect of tissue across all the the pillars as they call them the 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 five or seven or whatever framework you're looking at across all of these pillars around devices and networks and users kind of there's going to be a need for an end-to-end -end view of all of those components and Willie, uh, Willie are you are you essentially saying in layman's terms it's going to become simpler 
because over the, the last decade, zero trust in all its complexity has gotten even more complex. Thousands of vendors out there uh, confusing the marketplace around what it is. It feels like what you're saying is there's a, there's a simplicity in enterprise observability across everything and within context of what's happening where. Yeah, I, I would definitely say simplicity is part of that. It is a kind of a driving part of that. I think uh, simplicity, but I can't understate the need for visibility. Um, and, you know, you, we call it observability, but, the, you know, agencies need insight. You, you can, how do you manage and maintain these environments if you have no insight into them? If you don't know, you know, granted, we're talking about, you know, this idea with zero trust of, you know, constantly re-verifying and you have all these different systems. But if you don't have visibility and kind of a almost a baseline of everything that's going on, how do you maintain it? How do you know when something goes bump? How do you know when something's wrong? So I think that this is why I say this is going to become um, ever more important in 2024. Ross, I'd love to go straight to you and see. Like you're nodding your head, but you're you're not a Dynatracer. So I want I I would really like your um your take on that prediction. Cause that's a I mean, that's a pretty big prediction. So I'll talk from a from a more general perspective. And and the idea of observability and the idea of so a couple of things. One, zero trust is progressing forward. Now it's it's lost some of its its sheen. It was it used to be before AI came over and took took the the mantle. It was the buzzword uh, in the cybersecurity space. But it hasn't it hasn't lost the implementation yet, right? The memo is still out there. People are still budgeting for it. Money's starting to hit towards it. So people are moving towards a zero trust environment, cloud based environment. And I've talked about it with FedRAMP. What's driving the, the change to FedRAMP is the use of SaaS applications. So you're seeing more enterprise environments consuming more SaaS applications on a more frequent basis. What does that mean? That means you're getting complexity in an environment. People are asking for applications in one spot, asking for applications in another spot. In order for somebody to protect, under, to understand, to protect, to, to have visibility into their environments, they're going to need overarching observability as the application space proliferates. As, as more and more SaaS comes into an environment, more people are going to need to be able to see the entire forest and then make sense of that forest, right? Well, you're going to need to not just to see all the different applications, you're going to need to understand what's happening within them, around them, what data is, trans, uh, is transferring between and among them, who's using them. So all of that is extremely important. So to Willie's point, I think we're going to need to see more uh, move towards more zero trust. And as part of that, they're going to need to be able to observe the space that that is uh, rapidly evolving. Well, what's interesting about this prediction to me is visibility has been part of the CISA uh, zero trust maturity model from the beginning. The DOD maturity model, uh, zero trust model, has made it its own pillar so it's interesting that Willie, you're saying this is going to become even more uh, prominent in 2024. Roger, wh what do you say about this? Well, I think it's it's going to become table stakes, if you will, when it comes uh, to uh, security, because you can't secure what you can't see. And getting back to this question of data integrity. And, you know, understanding where your data is at, what it's doing, what are the apps doing, 
if you can't see it, then your your approach is fundamentally flawed. So, Carolyn, to your point, you know, CIS identified this early on, uh, which was great. But I think you're now going to see greater adoption of this concept uh, by others in the in industry because it does become a prerequisite, if you will, to achieving all the other things we look for in a zero trust ecosystem. So. I think uh, I think the prediction that this becomes more of a priority is uh, is spot on. Any last words on this one? I do want to get to your last prediction, Willie. Anything else to say about this one? Okay, Willie, what's your second prediction? Okay, so I'll keep this one brief. Uh, I know we're we're up on time here, but um, I would say my last prediction kind of ties in everything we've been talking about. Um, and and I don't, I, not to just put a, a nice little neat bow on it, but you know when we're talking about AI, when you're you know you talked a lot, Roger, about AI and 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 uh, Ross, we also talked about zero trust um, and a lot of these keep these um, these initiatives. I think at the center of all of these things are the citizens, are the are the, you know really the constituents of this country. And if you look at um, kind of AI today and things like generative AI, I think a lot of these systems are going to be citizen facing. Like you know we're going to be more and more citizens interfacing with you know AI chatbots, AI you know. Um, uh, um, assistance um, tooling. You're going to have zero trust, which is all about verification and re-verification of people. You want to make sure the experience is not declined as you're, you know, you're adding these systems. I think user experience and the understanding of how our citizens are um, interacting with uh, government systems how they, you know, how performant those systems are. You know, this is even going beyond the executive order that's come out on customer experience. I think it's just going to become more and more in 2024. I think we're going to see more and more um, of a focus on user experience because I, I, I believe with all the things we're talking about, user experience could be impacted. And one thing that I know because, you know, I'm a citizen and I've got, you know, um, my wife and kids, they use, um, I won't give out, you know, shout outs to um, um, different companies out there, but they're on, you know, these large e-commerce sites every day and things just show up at my doorstep and it's so super simple. And we're all so used to that now and we expect all of our systems to work that way. So I think, again, user experience is going to be key um, as we move into 2024. Well, well I got is you need an AI enabled you know, limit on how much cust user experience can happen in one respective household. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working on that. <laughs> Maybe that should be, I, we need to add that in as a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that Willie will get to know the UPS and the FedEx drivers names uh, on a personal basis and be invited to their homes. <laughs> Wait, get to know. I already know. <laughs> so I, I want do think I was just going to say, Carolyn, real fast, AI-enabled customer experience, I think, is a real interesting area where, particularly in the Fed-Civ space, uh, government's going to pay attention to. The upside is tremendous. The downside and the blast effect, blast radius, if there is a negative experience, uh, will be taken by the media, by Congress and others, and amplified. So it gets back to Ross's uh, prediction of going to be a little cautious, going to be a little conservative, um, but the potential for AI-enabled user uh, customer experience is incredibly high. You think it's going to go up in 2024? Well, I think the, I think the 
interest and and uh, resource commitment to it. I don't know what's going to come out at the other end. So we're going to do studies on it. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of work inside agencies on how do we use these tools to deliver to the uh, to the citizenry a better product, a more efficient uh, service, if you will. I think we're going to see really targeted success stories, right? And I think this is because the administration wants to be careful about how they roll this out, to Roger's point, right? They don't want something ending up on the news that's going to be used against them. There is a, and that's both by the folks that want to make sure that there is no bias in the system, as well as the folks that are looking to uh, politically are politically motivated to look for things that don't work. Right. So both of those parties are going to be looking very carefully. So you're going to see carefully orchestrated wins in 2024. That's my prediction on this stuff. But I think, I think guys, the limit, the productivity uh, examples out there are huge. And I think that when we start to get beyond 2024 is when you're going to start to see a really uh, really big pickup and advancement here. But 2024, look for curated success is what I'd call it. All right. Any last words here before we close this session? No, this has been really fun. Interesting. Well, there is, one, there is one other prediction, which is in an okay. election year, anything <laughs> can happen. And we need to keep that in mind, particularly when it comes comes to Washington. There will We've talked about black swan events. There will be a black swan event that we have not anticipated in 2024. Uh, and that, within an election cycle, will make for a very interesting dynamic. So how that plays out will uh, we'll bear, we'll bear worth watching. All right. So this has been really fun. We're going to have to do this more often. I loved the speed that we moved around. The predictions, um, FedRAMP high, AI regulations, yes or no, uh, observability for zero trust, really moving into the spotlight, user experience, and then our black swan events. So thank you guys so much for joining today. Thank you. Thank you, okay. Carolyn. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Thank you, listeners, for joining Tech Transforms. Share this episode. Smash that like button. We'll talk to you next time. Maybe see you at DOTUS. Thanks for joining Tech Transforms, sponsored by Dynatrace. For more Tech Transforms, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. 